If you dig the twisted, admire the outlandish, and are enamored by the unusual, you're in the right place. True crime, the supernatural, the unexplained, now you're speaking our language. If you agree, join us as we dive into the darker side. You know, because it's more fun over here. Welcome to Total Conundrum. Warning, some listeners may find the following content disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Hey there, Conundrum crew. Welcome back to another mind-bending episode of Total Conundrum. I'm your co-host, Jeremy, and alongside me is the queen of all things mysterious, Tracy. Hey, hey. Ready to dive into the depths of the internet's strangest corners? Well, buckle up, because today I got a tale that'll make you question reality itself. We're delving into the backrooms theory, a labyrinth journey that begins in the mysterious realms of creepypasta. That's right, the backrooms where no clipping out of reality is the ticket to a maze of empty office spaces. It's like a real-life game of hide-and-seek, but with a twist. Get ready for some laughs, gasps, and maybe a few existential ponderings. And here's the kicker, folks. We've got a fantastic guest joining us today. Courtney from Hanscast is in the conundrum house. Whoop, whoop. So grab your virtual flashlight, charge up your sense of humor. Let's embark on this wild ride into the uncharted territories of internet folklore and backroom theories. Ready, Tracy? Born ready, Jeremy. But... Before we let the backrooms unravel before our very ears, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so you'll never miss an episode. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up if you enjoy this episode. That's right, Tracy. Also, a rating and review would mean the world to us if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Plus, drop us a line if you got any spooky stories or a chilling mystery you want us to dive into. We'd love to hear from you. Before we shock you with our episode of the Backroom Theories, we'll be playing trailers that were shared with us, Sounds Interesting Podcast and Scary Tales and Serials Podcast. A big thank you to them for collaborating with us. Everyone, go check out their podcast and show them the love and support that you show us. Enjoy listening to the trailers from our friends during our episode. Coming soon on Sounds Interesting. The doctors insisted it was their medications that had fended off a fatal threat from seizures. But I had a hunch music played some part, and it might also key her recovery if I could find the right formula in time. I think I've heard it, but I can't say for sure. It's the unknown. What is that? I started to notice noise. noise. It's something you can't explain. Once you're in your kitchen, you're like, by the way, you always hear it. You can sometimes you feel it more than you can hear it. And he said, it's back. I said, what's back? He said, the UFO is back. I went home and changed clothes and collected a few people to take with me. We went out in the forest and we had an experience. It's haunted me ever since. 
Oh, here, here he comes from the south. He's coming toward us now. Now we're observing what appears to be a beam coming down to the ground. This is unreal. Hey, Jeremy, how are you today? Good, Tracy. How are you? Good. We have a special treat today. No way. We do. Come on. You're pulling my leg. <laughs> you know what it is? No, tell me. We have Courtney from Haunts Cast. Wow. A superstar? Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she is a superstar. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Doing our clean. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. This is going to be so much fun. Our first crossover that's not live. Farah scared the crap out of us a couple weeks ago with a live episode, but but why don't you uh, tell us yeah. about your podcast and tell us where we can find you so everybody can go and listen. Okay, yeah. So if you guys listen to like the little spooky Halloween episode, you guys have probably heard this spiel before, but in case you missed it, my show is called Haunts Cast or Haunts Podcast. It's a narrative style podcast that takes an objective, sometimes skeptical look at different paranormal stories from around the world. I've been doing paranormal research for almost nine years now, not quite nine years. So I pull a lot of different theories from parapsychology and kind of expand on when I think it's a legitimate argument for paranormal activity or when it's obviously a hoax. And I tell the stories kind of in that manner. So it's a good mix of credible sources, objectivity, a little bit of skepticism, and also a lot of me believing in the paranormal as well. If you guys are interested in listening to it, we release episodes every week overnight on Sundays. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Overcaster. Those are the two or three main ones that I feel like people are easily able to find me, but we're on every major podcast platform. And then you can find me also on social media at HauntsCast. So, yeah. And she is great, people. <laughs> she is. Like I said Thanks, on our guys. Halloween one, when I first listened, I binged and I binged hard. They were all so good. The oh. way you do the narrative and you have the perfect background music. Oh, thank you. Yes, I love them. I love them. It's oh, a lot well, of fun. Well, thanks, guys, so much. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to you know, connect. I feel like we were really fast friends and oh, definitely. also being on the show has just been so, I guess this is my second time being on it. I'm just very excited to be here. <laughs> and I've also, I feel like I've binged a lot of your show as well. And it's always nice to be able to find another podcast like that, especially one that's so different from mine. Obviously you guys do talk about spooky stories, right. but every once in a while I need that palate cleanser from ghost stories and that's kind of when I turn to y'all so thank you guys for being there <laughs> yeah well it, it's been fun like you said a very fast friendship and the group that we have is amazing yeah you know we didn't have that before it was just everybody was out for a number one and didn't care about anybody else and I love how everyone is so supportive in promoting and helping and just chatting and everything it's it's been, a, it's been awesome you do no no we do the support and the positivity and it's not negative at all it's it is truly amazing i love it but i was gonna say i have a special treat for you today candy 
Not candy. What? No candy. Halloween's uh, I quit. over. I'm going home. <laughs> you can't go home. You're part of this. <laughs> <laughs> so you say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're That's out true. there. Good call. Good call. <laughs> so the story we have today is the backrooms theory. Oh, a lot about this. But I've seen like bits and pieces here and there, and I'm excited to do a deep dive and learn more about it. So, well, this <laughs> could honestly be a podcast on its own. There is I'm sure. so much information. At first, I was like, I can't really find anything different. And then I came across the Backrooms fandom wiki. Holy mm-hmm. Hannah. It blew my mind how much information and how it has turned from a creepypasta to this whole, like, what do they call it? It's kind of a genre of its own. It reminds me of, like, fan fiction. I mean, people are out there claiming level numbers and they're creating the levels and... But, you know, some people believe it's reality. Most people believe it's fiction. It's like an urban legend type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Slender sounds like a really good video game to me. There is video games that exactly. have been created. Nice. Exactly. And then, yeah, like you were saying, and, and like we were saying kind of earlier before we started recording, it's like Slenderman where it, obviously I don't believe in Slenderman. Right. But the story, I remember... Like years and years back, it like blew up, and then you had the Marble Hornets YouTube channel, and I feel like this is kind of the new version of a story like that. Obviously, it's not the same sort of entity by right. any means, but it's the same kind of cult following that I think this has. So, yeah, it's crazy. Some of it gets kind of for the Gen X generation. I don't know how many people mm-hmm. have heard about it. I actually heard about it for the first time listening to a podcast and I had never heard of it before, but I believe it's a big thing with like the the later gener- generation. Did you ask Maddie about it? She knew about it, but it was something a little bit different. So our daughter, she's Gen mm. Z, she's 19. And what she told me was similar to it, but it wasn't this, the actual. Huh. So I think there's multiple different things with it too that multiple reversions yes there you go multiple reversions <laughs> interesting okay the whole thing is just crazy in its own so when i first started researching it i wasn't finding too much so i'm like you know what i'm gonna write my own little story kind of pull in some of the research that i had so i'll start off with a story that i wrote in regards to the back rooms And then we'll go into more of what are they, how did they come about, and where they've gone from there. Awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) Take it away. One day in a busy suburban mall, Alex was out shopping for some clothes for the new school year. It was just a regular day in his life until he stumbled upon something accidentally that would haunt him from that day on. Alex was going from store to store looking for the best deals for the new fads that he just had to have. He was being more frugal than normal, for he was having to fork out some of his own money this year for the name brand clothes that he wanted. He worked really hard and mowed a lot of grass that summer to save up for his new kick and wardrobe. He took (laughs) a break, feeling a bit famished. He headed to the food court, devoured some Chinese food, 
And of course, he had to hit Cinnabon for a treat that could not be avoided. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's going to say, this is the most quintessential mall trip yeah. that you could ever have. <laughs> <laughs> the intoxicating aroma leads you right to their stand like a cartoon mouse floating in the air smelling the delicious cheese. After his little lunch detour, he sought out the restroom before heading back up to the mall's main floor to continue his shopping adventure. As Alex wandered down the dimly lit corridor further and further, he was overcome by a feeling of unease, like in an employee area that he was not supposed to be in. He then rounded a corner to another seamlessly endless hallway. His attention was drawn to a flickering fluorescent light overhead. Then when he looked down the hall again, as if by magic, he found himself transported into an eerie version of the hallway he was just in. The transition was subtle. It felt as if he merely blinked and suddenly he was no longer in the mall hallway, but in a parallel universe of sorts. Sweet, the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> this this gives me anxiety. Right? <laughs> like just walking into a whole new, like literally a whole new world. Right. And not having a way back. Like I know in this moment he doesn't know. Right. But I know. Right. And that <laughs> just stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> So the surroundings were chillingly dull. Endless yellow-tinted rooms with dingy stained wallpaper stretched as far as the eye could see. A faint fluorescent hum filled the air, and the ever-present scent of mildew lingered, and the silence was deafening. Panic set in as Alex realized that he had somehow stumbled onto a place and had no idea how to get out. The room seemed to go on endlessly, and every turn led to an identical corridor. Fear and anxiety coursed through him as he ventured deeper into the seemingly infinite maze, desperately searching for an exit. Hours seemed like days as Alex aimlessly roamed the lifeless empty hallways. The oppressive sameness began to play tricks on his mind, and the once vivid memories of the mall started to fade. It felt as if though he were becoming part of the back rooms themselves. Ooh. Yeah, the anxiety is just like, oh my God, the heartbeat, the not knowing. I'm good with it. You're good with it? Yeah. You want to be in the back rooms just roaming? Yeah. All by yourself? He Can't said, <laughs> let me leave all of my problems behind. <laughs> <laughs> He'll no be... more podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be saying, going down the hallways all by myself. <laughs> Hell yeah. Actually, yeah, I can see the appeal a little bit. I'm sure I'm going to take that back by, as we continue through this episode, but for now, I see where Probably you're coming not. from. <laughs> so eventually, in a moment of desperation, Alex noticed something different. At the end of the hallway stood a door that was ajar. This stood out to him, for all of the other doors were always closed and he had to open them. He approached it cautiously and peered inside. Needs a key man. What's that? Key man. Key man? Matrix reference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he opened it or approached it cautiously and peered inside, only to be met with a blinding white light. With no other options, Alex stepped through, hoping to escape this never-ending nightmare. As the light enveloped him, he was jolted back into the mall as if he had never left. Whoa. <laughs> right? 
Sorry, that just gave me goosebumps. Good for him getting out. (laughs) Although he returned to the real world, something had changed within Alex. The memories of his time in the back rooms haunted him like a persistent shadow. He now had a newfound appreciation for the simple beauty of the mall's sterile white walls, the crowds of people, the mixtures of scents from the food court, the overwhelming perfumes from Hollister and Abercrombie, and all of us can relate with that. We all know those smells. <laughs> yeah, just overpowering. Yes. <laughs> like musk. <laughs> yes. You lost me at people. People. <laughs> like, I want to go back to the back room. <laughs> he turns right around. <laughs> Let me back in. I'm going home. <laughs> However, he gained a lingering fear of empty corridors. The back rooms had definitely left a mark on his psyche and would be a constant reminder that sometimes reality can be far stranger and more terrifying than we could ever imagine. So with that, what are the back rooms? As described by Wikipedia, the back rooms are an online fiction originating from a creepypasta posted in 2019 on a 4chan thread. One of the Mm. best known examples of the internet aesthetic or liminal spaces which usually depict busy locations as unnaturally empty. The back rooms were first described as a maze of empty offices that can only be entered by no clipping out of reality. By what? Yep. <laughs> that's, what that, does that mean? As I was reading this, there was all of these terms. I'm like, all right. So my next statement is, who's ready to return to school and get a bit of a vocab lesson? (laughs) Me. (laughs) Yes, me too. There's a bit of terminology that was new to me, so I assume it'll be new to some of you as well. If not, you'll get a bit of a refresher. And there will not be a pop quiz following this episode, so breathe easy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So 4chan, I've heard of it, but I wasn't 100% sure of what it was. It's an anonymous English language image board website launched by Christopher Moot Poole in October of 2003. The site hosts boards dedicated to a wide variety of topics. So then I was like, well, what the hell is an image board? (laughs) So an image board. Well, it's like a forum, isn't it? Yeah, it's an internet forum. Sorry, you were going to answer that question. Yep. No, that's good (laughs) because I didn't know. It focuses on posting of images alongside text and discussion. So kind of like an Instagram, Facebook type thing. But I'm assuming it was more of the old school forums like Jeremy. Yeah, I think it's like a less. What's the word that I'm looking for? Less user friendly form of Reddit. Not that I'm a big Reddit person either. I don't really understand boards like this. Hopefully no one comes for me and that's actually correct. But I want to say they're kind of maybe similar I could be totally wrong, but <laughs> I think they're less flowery than like the social medias and stuff. Yeah. It's more they're for like conversation. Yes. Yes. Right. And okay. Jeremy's created quite a bit of forums and I know you go on forums all the time because he was a what well still is, but was a web developer and you do a lot of that oh, cool. stuff on the side. So it's great so, for tutorials. Tutorials. Yeah. yeah. Now we get into no clipping. I when I heard That's that, the I was one I like, didn't know. Yeah, I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is no clipping? Well, no clipping is a video game term that it's a cheat that allows players to pass through normally impenetrable objects like walls, ceilings, and floors 
by disabling clipping. And I'm like, okay, so what's clipping? <laughs> right. <laughs> clipping is defined as the programming used to ensure that the players stay within the physical boundaries of the game world. So if you have like those open oh. world games, you can only go so far. Yeah, so. so it allows you to push the envelope per se. Correct. So Jeremy, you were right. It's literally a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I like video games. Scary one, real life. Very scary. Kind of like AR without the AR headset, but it's like Doom. That's what I'm imagining is Doom. If you don't know what Doom is. Oh sorry, not AR. Alternate reality? Is it VR? Virtual VR, reality? Virtual reality. Yeah, yep. virtual reality. It's not alternate reality? Uh, I just sounded like that's very what, dumb. That's but. what they say. It's <laughs> virtual reality. Yeah, I've heard both, okay. though. I've heard it referenced as both, but like the Oculuses okay. that people wear. It's Augmented like the, reality. There you that's go. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Sorry. No, that just too many terms. threw me for a loop. I'm good with vocab sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as its popularity grew, Internet users expanded upon the original concept by creating different levels and entities which inhabit the backrooms. Fan-made video games, collaborative fiction wikis, and YouTube videos have also been created from the whole backroom theory. Mm -hmm. um, and collaborative fiction is a form of group writing. Groups that write and then they share control of the story. So one person will start it. The next person can take it from there. And they all build a story together. Yeah. That's intense. Right. And I tried doing something like that four or five episodes ago. I started a short story on Insta, hoping to, to get people to add to the story, to create something fun we could mm -hmm. read. But I think I scared people with it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you reached out to like directly to people, you might be, I would do it. That Definitely. sounds like fun. <laughs> That's what I thought. Cause I got it to, I did like three or four paragraphs and then I left it. It's like, okay, what happens next? So I might have to try it yeah. again now that we've got more followers and stuff now too. I would, I would send it directly to people because yeah. it would be cool to have like a bunch of different podcasters writing a snippet. Oh, that would be really cool. Stay tuned for that, guys. That an, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could even do it. Like each person would read or record their part of it and we can put it all together. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> We're on to something. Trademark for, that. Anyways. Yeah, somebody write it down. <laughs> all right. So on May 12th, 2019, an anonymous user started a thread on 4chan's paranormal themed board asking users... Mm to post images that were disquieting, that just felt off. And one of the posts, the original photo of the back rooms, a picture of a large carpeted open room with yellow wallpaper and fluorescent lighting on a Dutch angle was presented. And it's not known where the photo was taken, but it appeared in an earlier thread on April 21st, 2018. So I used to be a photographer and I didn't know what a Dutch angle was. Yeah, I was going to ask. but <laughs> Yep. Again, another vocab term. It's also known as the Dutch tilt, canted angle or an oblique angle. It's the type of camera shot where it involves setting the camera at an angle. So the shot is composed 
with the vertical lines at an angle to the side of the frame. So basically, in layman's terms, if you were looking at a picture and you tilted your head. So it's at a, a weird angle. And they use this a lot in cinematography. The Dutch angle is one of the many cinematic techniques that's often used to portray psychological uneasiness or tension in the subject being filmed. So it's just I feel like I know what you're talking about. It's like off balance, off kilter, and it causes that uneasiness. I'm going to look it up really quick. Yeah. You can obviously keep going. I'm just... It's definitely like an eerie way to look at a scene. I'll also post the original pictures and there'll be other pictures of creatures. There'll be pictures of the different back rooms. And there's a few other things that we'll come across in here. We'll definitely put those pictures out on Instagram and Facebook and stuff for everybody to see. Cool. So another user. It's definitely an eerie way to look. It's kind of bleak. I feel like is a good way to describe it. The other thing is with the original picture, the way they viewed it, you can see it's like at an angle in the room. And it's also at an angle for like the lines on the floor and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can see down three hallways, but you can't see all the way down. So it gives it that eerie, you know, what's beyond what's at the end of it. So it was definitely a really good capture. And it's that creepy 90s vibe with the outdated wallpaper. It reminds you of being like in an empty H&R Block office or something. Like if you step back in time Mm, and went into That's a good way of describing it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a reception room type thing. Was That's the level zero, which we'll get to that. But another user replied to this post with the first description of the back rooms. And they said, if you're not careful and you no clip out of reality into wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms where there is nothing but the stink of old moist carpet, the madness of mono yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum humbuzz. Why is everything yellow? (laughs) Because. Well, that and like the buzzing between the color, because it's like a very like a almost like a mustard. Uh-huh. And then the buzzing, I feel like that's enough to like slowly drive you mad. Yeah. Which well, I guess is the point. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, like somebody Ugh. said, kind of like back in the 90s, because everything was like the warm light bulbs. Like nowadays we all have like the daylight bulbs in our house versus the warm because we want to be able to see where. Right. In, okay. In a lot of houses in the 90s, you had very little lighting, even in offices and stuff. Everything was kind of darker and more of a school. Well, yeah, they had those bright lights, but that everybody knows (laughs) that felt like you're in an interrogation room. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was just just because you were not. I feel like, (laughs) yeah, that's true. But when you say that hum from the fluorescent lights, everybody can Mm -hmm. relate to that. Well, unless you're pretty young, because fluorescent lights aren't around as much as they used to be. But I can totally relate. I feel like it's very identifiable. But also, I grew up in the 90s, so maybe that's just what I dealt with from an early age. Right. Um, It's very, yeah, that hum is very It's unnerving. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a fly buzzing you or something. I mean, maybe even worse if it Mm -hmm. just doesn't stop. But they also say that there's approximately 600 million square miles of random segmented empty rooms 
to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby because it sure as hell has heard you. Ew. <laughs> what is it? Do we know what it is? Or it's just some that's just nebulous thing in the background. Yeah, that's all they said. That was the This rep- is level one. When somebody posted that picture, it had no detail, no nothing. It was just Oh, okay. I was just gonna a say picture of this room. And this is what somebody replied on that spooky picture. man. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> Yeah, that's like starting off quick. What are right. the higher levels if this is like the entry lobby? Yeah, we'll get Anyways, to continue. <laughs> I didn't go too far in. According to that wiki page I was on, there's like 4,000 some levels. And there's like thousands of different creatures and different supplies and materials. But we'll get more into that here soon. But okay. It's like never ending. It blows my mind. So that post was posted on May 13th, 2019 by an anonymous person on the 4chan post. Okay. So days after the original creepypasta, users began to share stories about the backrooms and subreddits such as creepypasta, backrooms. A fandom began to develop around the backrooms and creators explained upon the original iteration of the creepypasta by creating additional floors or levels and entities which populate them. How do you win the game? How do you get points? You you get out alive. (laughs) As new levels were devised in the backrooms, a faction of fans who preferred the original backrooms split off from the fandom. A Reddit user named Litbeep created another subreddit called True Backrooms, focusing only on the original version. So Litbeep24 was one of the many who wanted to keep... (laughs) Are you laughing at the name? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Litbeep24 was one of the many who wanted to keep things simple and ditch the additional lore. They launched a new forum called True Backrooms, and they actually are flash True Backrooms, and I'm assuming the R is Reddit, but I'm just... Right, so each subreddit has like a... Like a backslash R something. I just did a story about this for my own show where somebody was posting an R paranormal. Okay. And I think that it's just like their way of like describing that it's a subreddit. Okay. I don't know. I was trying to get a full understanding of what Reddit was earlier this week. So so, they kind of do it like a folder structure. Kind of like when you're looking on your computer and you're digging down into each folder. You got the R slash and then yeah. I think that's yeah. How I'm so that's kind of that's a good way of like I think so. Okay. Again, like that was my kind of interpretation. I'd obviously heard of Reddit before, but I feel like this was my first like dipping the toe into kind of like looking at the actual story that was posted there. Okay. And I want to say that that's right, but I could be again totally wrong. So yeah, I've gone to Reddit a few times, but definitely don't know much about it. I've been led there for different stories here and there. Black right. Kids was the biggest one. The black yeah, I'm sure were, that that's like... All the stories were out there. Does that have its own subreddit, I'm assuming? I just started that episode today. I... Of y'all, so I haven't gotten too far into it, but... I think it's under that, the paranormal one. Oh, okay. I believe it is. But it's also, some people consider it paranormal, but I'll have to go back and look. I just, I didn't even look at what it was under. I just, I was brought there by an article that led me to it. 
So I didn't even look at. Found yourself down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I did find myself down many rabbit holes with that story. Right. And then to find out there was white-eyed kids too. I'm like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm like, that's why. Obviously, like I said, I just started that episode earlier this afternoon, and I haven't gotten to that part yet. But I'm really interested to see what those are. <laughs> They're crazy. It's insane. No kids are showing up at my doorstep like that. I'm going to make them into a Halloween nope. <laughs> decoration. <laughs> So there are 15,000 members that focus solely on the look and the feel of the original 4chan image. They embrace the fan interpretations that show what the yellow corridors or adjoining rooms could look like from a different angle, but they don't get involved in the spin-off fiction. So I believe they think theirs is nonfiction and the other is fiction oh uh, okay, okay. <laughs> when i were good for them right <laughs> so when i first heard of the back rooms and i saw its accompanying image i was taken aback lip beep says viewing these images of barely furnished or many times unfurnished yellow tinted rooms it prompted this feeling of longing and nostalgia sometimes those feelings even gave away to a bit of anxiety for Lit Beep, there was no place or no need to have the extra layers or hidden monsters. The strangeness of the place was more than enough, and it brought back childhood memories of spaces that they felt they probably shouldn't have been in. For instance, maybe a parent was working late at the office one night, left us to our own devices in a big empty building full of winding maze-like corridors, Maybe we got stuck after school for one reason or another and wandered the empty halls of a place that was usually bustling with activity. So that definitely makes sense. Because imagine, you know, you're at your school and it's during school hours and it's bustling and you're there at night by yourself and that creepiness right. factor would set in. Right. That makes a little bit more sense in terms of not necessarily that it's nonfiction, but more just so like we don't need all of the extra stuff added on top because that is a very yeah like that is eerie enough as nostalgic is a good way yeah nostalgia is a good way to describe it because at least i mean there have been plenty of times where not plenty but when i was a kid having to stay out after school and i mean it's a big school without anybody but me and then like my mom there or something like that so right. i get yeah i get why that would be like creepy Definitely. But also, I'm sure the other stuff is just as be Right? So. <laughs> so some sources believe the backrooms to have been the origin of the internet aesthetic of liminal spaces, which depict usually busy locations that are unnaturally empty. The hashtag liminal spaces has amazed nearly 100 million views on tiktok whoa okay Just that hashtag which i'm interested in checking it out now i want to see what some of these liminal spaces are that people are hashtagging and i wonder if they're like creating them like because you know you can create images and stuff with like um ai mm -hmm. or just even just doing it yourself i wonder I i'm just, gonna have to look into that after I this i just dabbled with that ai image creation for jeremy's story bladrak because it was a story he made yeah. up, we didn't have an image of him. So I used his description from the story and used AI to generate it. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. And it turned out pretty good. But it's not perfect. The first one it generated, it had 
What was it? I thought it had three it had legs. like and, six legs. It was really odd. It was kind of, yeah. <laughs> 80 claws. and <laughs> It was a cool image, but when you really looked at it, you could, they say with AI, a lot of times there's something that's off with the image. And there was definitely something off with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that also helps make it kind of eerie. Yeah. You know, like if you're using it for this, like something is supposed to be off. Right. So definitely. So a TikTok. I'll look into it and report back. Definitely. <laughs> so a TikTok trend of videos that zoom in on Google Earth to reveal an entrance to the back rooms have also grown in popularity. And so with internet aesthetics and liminal spaces, they are empty or abandoned places that appear eerie, forlorn, and often surreal. Broadly, the term liminal space is used to describe a place or state of change or transition. This may be physical, for example, a doorway, or psychological, the period of adolescence. Uh, liminal space imagery often depicts this sense of the in-between, capturing transition phases such as stairwells, roads, corridors, or hotels. Unsuddenly devoid of people, the aesthetic may convey moods of eeriness, surrealness, nostalgia, or sadness, and elicit response of both comfort and unease. So... Such a dichotomy to have, too. It's crazy. And, and you get that from a picture. Just a, a picture. Right. But and, it makes sense. Like you said earlier with, like, the school, obviously, childhood is such an easier time than adulthood. So you have that kind of comfort of, like, not having to worry about the weight of the world. But also, when it's empty, it feels off. Right. And it's anxiety-inducing. Oh, totally. So there is a game. It's a free game that you can play. It's called The Backrooms Game Free Edition. It gives you all the advice you need at the start. Venture as far as you can without going insane. Check your watch every 30 seconds to remember who you are and why you are there. Don't 30 look at seconds? It. 30 seconds. Okay. Why are you there? <laughs> Remember who you What's are. I feel like I would so quickly for forget that. Right. And then it says, don't look at it. I don't know what that's in reference to. This is quoted from an article from blooddisgusting.com. Probably talking about those yellow walls. Could be. I wouldn't want to look at those things. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then you are immediately dumped into the never-ending hallways, tasked with staying alive long enough to find the exit. Controls are as simple as they can be. W-A-S-D, these are keyboard controls, to get around, E to interact, tab to view and watch. Partial controller support is available, but not necessary for a game like this. It's essentially a walking simulator with very little anxiety where reflexes are concerned. The anxiety is supplied by the visuals and sound design, which are rigidly faithful to the original description posted on 4chan. The lights hum maddenly. The wallpaper repeats endlessly, and the hallways go on essentially forever. Okay, let's go play it. Come on. <laughs> it sounds fun. I know. I'm like... A 
I kind of want to play it. <laughs> I don't think I'd be very good at it. <laughs> Jeremy's Sounds gonna... pretty easy. I mean, all you got to do is just walk through the damn tunnel. Also, we look over at... That's Jer- true. We'll look over at Jeremy Jeremy on the video here, and he'll be like... What, what, what's my name? <laughs> I said Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been married? <laughs> I don't know why what are I talking said about? that. Jeez. I said his name wrong. I said... All of a sudden, oh. I said Jeremy instead of Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Been married for twelve years, and I you still can't pronounce my in name. A long time. <laughs> when we first met, funny uh, squirrel moment. When we first met and started dating, my sister was like, "If you're going to date him, you should probably learn how to say his name." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Oh no. She's like, his name is Jeremy. I said, yeah, Jeremy. And she's like, no, it's Jeremy. And I'm like, yeah, Jeremy. And she's like, no, listen to yourself. And I couldn't hear the difference. And we had a first cousin growing up that lived right down the road. We always, everybody called him Jeremy. Jeremy. And now I'm getting confused. So the Jeremy instead of Jeremy. So when we first met, I was so self-conscious about saying his name wrong. You were pronouncing every syllable. (laughs) Well, I would actually, he told me his uncles and everybody would call him JT. Germ. (laughs) Or germ, which doesn't help. But they all all (laughs) called him JT, Jeremy Thomas. So probably Mm. for the first five years we were together, it was JT. (laughs) And then I got brave enough and... That I could actually like say it without screwing up. Then it was I started calling him Jeremy, and then my daughter, <laughs> my youngest daughter, shortened it, and we just started calling him Jay. <laughs> so he's there you got go. <laughs> a multitude of names. But I got a lot of nicknames. You do, you really do. But so yeah, that's funny. I haven't slipped like that in a long time. <laughs> it's been a second. Now, now say pillow. No, you're going to laugh at me. How do you say it? Pillow. Pillow. (laughs) Pillow. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) That's like bag. Um, There's another one. A friend of mine, when I was in my 20s, I used to say antenna instead of antenna. And I did Antenna? (laughs) Antenna. And she's like, why? It's a Minnesotan thing. Do you say that? And again, (laughs) I didn't hear the difference. And until she like really pointed out to me, she's like, it's not the band Santana. It's an antenna or an antenna. And then I heard the difference. But she literally, "Uh." I was like, are you sure I'm saying it wrong? And she stopped at a gas station. We made me go in and we had to ask the gas station attendant because she was that. Yeah, I say a lot (laughs) of things wrong, but just love me for who I am. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's actually kind of awesome. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I just that's funny. It's just uh, one of my many quirks. I, people pick on me all the time. So no, between having awesome. a Minnesota accent and growing up in northern Minnesota, and I'm assuming it was from growing up that I would hear these things. But well, even with my son doing uh, his spooky story on the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. when we were recording, he kept saying attic but he was saying it with an extra syllable at the end of it yeah, like addict attic instead of attic it was like addict or something like that and <laughs> so in editing i cut out that extra syllable so he was saying it properly right. and then i called him i said where did you learn to say that word i said because it wasn't from me 
So there's many words I say wrong, but that's not one of them. And he's like, I didn't even realize I did that. But it was an easy enough said, fix. I didn't say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how everybody or a lot of people have like certain words that they struggle with. And I struggle with lots. Right. Words are words are hard. I always say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the video game. Uh, if smell-o-vision is a thing, this game would include the stink of old moist carpet. There isn't a story or a goal or an escape. It's just a random generation of backrooms that you could wander around for an hour or you could find an exit inside of 10 minutes. There is, of course, a hideous creature to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> but it's laughably easy to do so. If you listen carefully and take care not to sprint around corners without checking what lies ahead first, you may never see it again. The game wants you to check your watch every 30 seconds to keep your sanity in check, but the further you go in, the more unhinged you become regardless. Okay, checking your watch every 30 seconds, wouldn't that drive you to go mad? I would think so. I would think so. Right. Does it prompt you to do I'm not to do sure. That? Jeremy, you'll have to download it and try it out. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> In January 2022, a short horror film titled... The Backrooms Found Footage was uploaded to YouTube, created by then 16-year-old Kane Parsons of Northern California, known online as Kane Pixels. The short horror film is presented as a VHS tape. Hey guys, I'm Tara. And Mara. And together we are Scary Tales and Serials. We are two best friends, ghost hunters, and moms who know all too well that mama ain't easy, so we do this to relax and unwind. We communicate with spirits because, let's face it, they're the only ones that truly listen anyway. If you like the paranormal, all things spooky, true crime, and downright murderous tales, then you're in the right place. Join us on our spooky adventure. Each episode, we tell you a story and use humor and some great banner to keep the craziest stories light. We share tales of our ghost hunting adventures and hot takes on some of the wildest cases out there. With our episodes, you may hit a range of emotions, laughing, horror, anger, and even some tears depending on the case, but we promise we keep it fun. Tara, that's me is the self-proclaimed overachiever, delving deep into the cases to uncover as many facts as possible, and Mara sprinkles in the razzle-dazzle with her wit and humor. There is something for everyone with us. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and just about anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on our socials. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Give us a listen and tell your friends. We hope to see you there. Until next time. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Recorded by a filmmaker who accidentally enters the back rooms in the 1990s and is pursued by a monster. Parson used the software Blender and Adobe After Effects to create the environment of the back rooms, and it took him a month to complete it. He described the back rooms as a manifestation, as a poorly remembered recollection of the late 90s into the early 2000s. He admits to being spooked by his own creation at times, 
Working deep into the night, a clip would sometimes lag and he'd jump unexpectedly at shadows on the yellow walls. <laughs> so he was creeping himself <laughs> out making these videos. <laughs> and it's got to be good, like in terms of a... Yeah, I watched little bits and pieces of it. And I was listening to this other guy tell the stories of his compilation of videos. He has 16 of them now. But the first mm. video, as of October 2023, 53 million views. God, good for him. Wow, right? That's awesome. That's really, I mean, obviously that... Goals? <laughs> you have to put in like a lot of work to get oh, it. Because yeah. if it's animated too, like... Truly, that's awesome for him. Wow. <laughs> and his videos look like it's reality almost. So he does them with Blender and he's creating these real looking people. And Jeremy's dabbled with Blender and watching him do that stuff blows my mind because there's so much to it. It takes just to make a circle into something crazy how much time and so I'm, I'm assuming Adobe must not have had like 3D creation back then because... For him to go to an open source platform, Blender. Well, it was in January of 2022, so oh. he started making it in 2021 because it said it took him a month to complete. Hmm. Mm. Well, then it might just be because if it's open source, wouldn't it be free? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. I hope that he's like just. I mean, Blender is like kind of really a, a top notch software. It so is. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. But Adobe After Good Effects for him. is a paid software. Yeah, which right. you know, they also have 3D creation in Adobe too. Do they? Okay. Yeah. So okay. doing this, he has now expanded his videos into a series of 16 shorts. He introduced the plot aspects such as Async, an organization which opened a portal into the back rooms in the 1980s and it conducted research within it. The series has collectively garnered over 100 million views. Jeez. And it's also credited with lifting the back rooms from obscurity into the mainstream internet, causing a surge in backroom content, particularly on YouTube. For his shorts, Parson received a creator's honor at the 2022 Streamy Awards from the Game Theorists. But That's I was so watching cool. some of these, and he has his own little storyline going. Mm -hmm. I mentioned before there's this wiki fandom. And people are going in there and they're like, no, that's not how it is with uh, Kane Pixel's story or whatever. I kept seeing things that Kane Pixels doesn't want his stories in these forums. His stories are separate. He doesn't want us to right. generate our views like how he is. He wants his backrooms to be their own entity. But just from a picture, this kid started generating all of these shorts and now in a compilation of 100 million views. And I'm sure he's going to keep going. And these, yeah, he ought these, to. Yeah, these videos, that the ones that I saw, I was watching a guy talk about them. He was showing like short little clips from the videos and he was talking about it. It's incredible. The animation in it is this kid's going to Hollywood. He's 18 now. Right. I mean, I know what I'm watching tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Definitely get yourself lost in the, another world there. All right. Good for him. Like really good for him. But anyways, let's continue. <laughs> so now we're going to get into some of the levels. Level zero is known as the lobby. 
It's supposed to be safe, but unstable and devoid of entities. So level zero is the first level of the back rooms, being it's the first location most wanderers will initially find themselves in. It's an expansive space resembling the back rooms of a commercial building. All rooms in level zero share the same superficial features, such as the worn mono-yellow wallpaper, old moist carpet, scattered electrical outlets, and inconsistently placed fluorescent lighting. Aside from these common features, no two rooms within the level are identical in layout. Except for the color, right? The color, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the carpet. (laughs) But how different can the rooms be if they're empty? (laughs) Right. Well, don't they have like furniture and stuff in them or no? Supposedly, from what I've read, it's all empty. But I know that as you go up in different levels... Oh, okay. They change and they get like each level has a different look. And there was a level that I'm not covering, but I did go into. I think it was level five. That level looked cool as hell. It was like an old fancy hotel set back in like the 1930s. And there's like jazz music playing and... But I'm like, I can't. I've got to stop at some point. (laughs) I've been thinking about this like the entire time. And I was going to bring it up at the end. But while we're on the subject of a hotel, this reminds me of the elevator game. Yes. Do you guys know what that is? Yes. It reminds me so much of it. Or like the Elisa Lam case. Yes. And you, Jeremy, wondered, do you know what it is? No. <laughs> You've never heard of the elevator it's, game? I, I've never heard of okay, either describe one it, of those. Okay, describe it for him. So it's a paranormal game, they say, or like a ritual. I don't know if it actually works. There's some argument that it, it does, and unfortunately someone lost their life playing it, allegedly. That said, what you do is you go into an elevator, and I want to say there has to be at least 14 floors. It may be 11, but I want to say it's 14. And you have to press the buttons in a series of, basically in a series of predefined numbers. And if you do it correctly, it takes you to a different realm, supposedly. Okay. And yeah. then back in, so again, I think 2016. Like cheat, codes. cheat codes, yeah. 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 Right. And I want to say it was like 2016, a girl was in California. Her name was Elisa Lamb. And she unfortunately lost her life. While staying at, I forget the name of the, the Cecil, I think, the Cecil, the Cecil Hotel. Yep, yep on Skid right. Row. Right. And they said there's some speculation that she was playing this game. There's a security camera, like, video of her acting really just out of character and kind of strange. And ever since that we started talking about this and describing, like, how you find yourself there, it, I've been thinking about her and that story. And I wonder if maybe she was on level five question mark i know that this is like likely all right not likely it is very fictional but it's been reminding me of that story well a lot story is just so strange because that elevator footage you'll have to watch it jeremy it is isn't the cecil hotel haunted too it is see that's why i thought you would know about the elevator game because zach baggins did an episode at the cecil and he did the elevator game and they were talking about Elisa well, Lamb. I was probably in the back room when he said that. So <laughs> <laughs> I missed that part of it. Yeah. So he tried to imitate the game. Okay. And 
But yeah, it's just the way she like peeks her head out like she's looking for something and then she goes back in and she peeks her head out again and then it looks like she's It's what she to does somebody. with her her hands arms. Are, yeah. Really freaks me out. It doesn't look I mean, it doesn't look natural. Who knows what was happening? Yeah, who knows what was happening with this poor girl cuz there was unfortunately like a lot of stuff happening in her life at this time and it was it's all pretty heartbreaking but what she was doing like with her body like language and her body motions was just bizarre oh i have i mean i have no other way to say it but anyways i'm gonna say it's a ghost then possession well in part of the elevator game supposedly a woman's supposed to come on to the elevator and you're not supposed to talk to her yeah, and you're really not even supposed to right, look at her at all. There was speculation that people say that they believe that that woman was actually on the elevator and she was talking to her, and that's why. But like, even those elevator doors, they didn't close that entire time. Yeah, and then she gets out, and then they finally closed. You know, it was just strange. They were open the entire time. So, uh, road right. trip. Oh, definitely road Cecil? trip. Let's go. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it's. I don't think the Cecil's open, but oh, it's it's a different. It's a the different building hotel. is still open. It's a still it's still a hotel, and I think you can go to like the room she was staying in and stuff like that. But it's a completely new hotel now. But people still investigate it. It's yeah. on my list, but I won't oh. go alone. No, for obvious reasons. <laughs> no, I think we need to do podcasting field trip. I like it. Let's Little go. adventure. <laughs> I know my sister, her neighbor's been listening to our podcast, and she wants us to go to the Roth House in Illinois. I've never heard of that. It's an Airbnb. It's supposedly the first possession in the United States. <laughs> I do know this house. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's Sorry. If you guys at home could see my face, <laughs> <laughs> I just got really excited. <laughs> But some guy bought it and renovated it back to its original glory, and it's an Airbnb, and you can rent it out for like 200 and some bucks a night. And on the weekend... Illinois is not that far. Ooh, there we, we should, go. We should go. We def- and Let's I think do it. There's like <laughs> I'm game. four rooms or whatever, and between your equipment and our equipment, oh, we could have some fun. <laughs> yeah, we got mm-hmm. all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, Courtney, uh, speaking of, was going to show us, uh, she has the same. um, uh, Yeah. I'll send you guys a a video of like how I get it to reverse spirit box. Oh, yes. She gets it to reverse. so You don't actually hear words unless they actually a ghost speaks words. Oh, so the just white noise. Then Then it's just the white noise or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I meant to do that. It's been kind of a wild week, but No, you're good. Anyway. <laughs> we don't have any uh trips planned for uh adventures right now with yeah, the it's so cold, cold here. We need to find hotels and stuff like Yeah. Cecil. <laughs> well, yeah. Palmer House. Oh, yes, the Palmer House is another one I want to do. That's not too far from us either. Like 45 minutes. I have a Palmer House story that I wrote up that I've been saving until we go to the Palmer House, but there's not any like elaborate stories like what happened to poor Elisa Lamb, but... Yeah, that's a sad story. That's a very sad story, and disgusting in the same. That, yeah. Oh, that, oh, I just... The, she was found in that the water couple? tanks. Yes, she was found in the yeah. water tanks on top of the building. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, and the there was a English... Because 
weren't they saying that the water tanks are like kind of in the middle of the roof and how the heck did she jump that far? Well, to... yeah. She needed a ladder to get up there, but to be able to lift and close the lid, she wouldn't, the lid was closed. Yeah, it was really heavy or something. Right, and she wouldn't have been able to mm-hmm. close it okay. once she got in. I know that part. Yeah. Yeah, that part is gross, but yeah, that girl. just makes my stomach turn. I will only drink, even when we were in Vegas, it was $9 for a bottle of water. I refused to drink tap water out of a hotel faucet. The only place in the world where alcohol is cheaper. (laughs) Yes, alcohol is cheaper than bottled water, which is crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, $9. I'm going there in a couple of months. Make sure you go to a Walmart or Target and bring bottled water into your hotel because if you buy it from the hotel, at least at the MGM, $9 a bottle. Okay, we're staying at the Luxor. To do like an investigation, so oh, how fun! So excited, <laughs> very fun. Um, all right, so we were at the mono yellow paper wallpaper. Uh, no two rooms within the level. Okay, the fluorescent lighting in level zero hums at a consistent frequency. This buzzing is notably louder and more obtrusive than ordinary fluorescent lights. An examination of the fixtures to determine the source has proven inconclusive, so they don't know where it's getting power or where the sound is, like, how it's generating louder. They can't figure out why. Additionally, the fluid saturating the carpet cannot be identified, and it is not water, nor should it be consumed. (laughs) I thought it was funny that they had to include that in there. Don't suck any liquids out of the carpet, people, because you don't know what it is. (laughs) That was going to be my first thing. Level zero is considered to be a a linear space. It's possible to walk in a straight line and return to the starting point and end up in a completely different set of rooms than the ones previously traversed to. So almost like it's ever changing. So due to this phenomenon and the visual similarities between each room, consistent navigation of level zero has proven to be very difficult. Devices such as GPS locators and compasses fail to function within the level. Radio communications are audibly distorted and often proved to be unreliable. Above the ceiling tiles in level zero lies a cramped dark space roughly one meter in height. The air in this area is stale and thick with dust, making it difficult to breathe, and the electrical wire lines in the ceiling are coming from all directions. Attempting to use this space as a means of navigation is impractical, as the ceiling tiles will easily give way under pressure. The most prominent threat in level zero is the stark lack of available resources. As the fluid saturating the carpet has been deemed unsafe for human consumption. (laughs) (laughs) That still blows my mind. The fact that that's like a thing that you have to warn about. Like surely you haven't been stuck on level zero so long that you're dehydrated to the point of sucking something off the carpet. carpet, Right. right? Most are likely to perish before managing to find an exit due to the extended dehydration, starvation and exhaustion. Well, there you go. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to mention, this is the wiki fandom. So this is the one where they start building the rooms, the creatures, all of that stuff. So this is separate from that original, that lip beeps post okay. or whatever. 
So entrances and exits. Level zero and by extension, the back rooms can be accessed by accidentally no clipping out of bounds in normal reality. In addition, many levels can lead one to level zero exits. There are five currently known methods of exiting level zero. A variety of factors will eventually cause the hallways to fade into level one. Breaking through a wall will lead you into level one. Breaking through the floor may lead you to level 27. It also may lead you into the void. Rarely wandering far enough in any direction may lead you to the Manila room. One may occasionally <laughs> find doorways constructed out of glass. These doors lead to level 13. I need a freaking flowchart. <laughs> Why level 13? I don't know. They And every single one of these rooms has different ways to get into either to the next level or random levels. Okay. So this will be your rabbit hole to report back on. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, the habitable zone. That's a hard word to say. Uh, it's safe, stable, and minimal entity count. Level one is a massive warehouse with concrete floors and walls, exposed rebar, dim fluorescent lights placed on the walls, and low-hanging fog with no discernible source. The fog often consolidates into condensation, forming puddles on the floor in inconsistent areas. Unlike level zero, this level possesses a constant supply of water and electricity, which allows indefinite habitation by wanderers, providing the appropriate precautions are taken. It's also far more expansive, possessing staircases, elevators, and isolated rooms and hallways. The fluorescent lights at any time can flicker and turn off for minutes or even hours. When this occurs, no. hostile entities may appear <laughs> and supplies may even vanish unexpectedly. These How rude. Right? Hours? Hours. You're in there in the dark for hours. hours. <laughs> I think I'd prefer the fluorescent lights and the humming, to right? be honest. <laughs> These entities rarely attack in groups and they tend to avoid light and large gatherings of people. If the lights turn off, it's strongly advised to try to navigate more carefully by avoiding any strange noises and find secure rooms to seek shelter in. It's also recommended to bring a light source if this occurs. Yeah, because you're just going to have a light source in your back pocket <laughs> as you accidentally no-clip into another realm. <laughs> right, but it's like you're planning to go. So. There is like a trading post. There's like different levels. There's different... Groups that are created within these that you can try to be a part of or not a part of. And there's, as we'll get into in the next level, oh, I guess it's in this level. Crates of supplies will appear and disappear randomly within the level, often containing a mixture of vital items. For example, food and almond water, batteries, tarps, weaponry, clothing, medical supplies, as well as non-essential objects such as assorted car parts, boxes of crayons, used syringes, partially burned paper, live mice, mice in a catatonic state that have been injected with an unknown substance, shoelaces, loose change, bundles of human hair. Consequently, these crates should be approached with caution due to their contents unpredictability, but they can contain valuable resources. 
In addition, crude paintings and drawings with no apparent origin or meaning will appear on the walls and the floors, and they're also known to change in appearance and disappear when not in direct line or sight, since light fixtures in level one are prone to flicker and fail at inconsistent interview. At in- Man, I need to... F- <laughs> I, I need a speech You're doing therapist. great. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're just saying that things will disappear and reappear because of light and no light. Be careful of these crates. They can contain things that you really need, other things that can be dangerous, and other just random, I mean, bundles of human hair. <laughs> the one Why? that gets me is the used syringes. Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> Why are they used? So they brought up almond water. Almond water is the only water that you can drink in the back rooms. And if you drink expired almond water, there is severe consequences. And there's a list of the different consequences that I think I documented later. But almond water is also used in trade. And then you can go to certain surplus areas that are kind of like a quote-unquote store and trade some of your weird things for different Your human hair. Yeah, (laughs) your human hair syringes. (laughs) But the almond water is known to be sweet, a sweet, sticky substance found in numerous levels across the back rooms. It's critical source of hydration and it has a slight nutritional value. It's a sweet almond vanilla flavored fluid that can be found in bottles of several types, typically without a brand or label on them. Almond water can be found in clear water bottles, metal water bottles, glass wine bottles, and even cartons. It can be traded for or traded with, and it can also be used to repel certain entities and cure some ailments. Some levels even use it as a form of currency. Okay. Who's the top ranked player at this game? Because, like, I mean, th- this is a lot of detail. I There's mean, a lot of detail. You know, somebody must have really took their time to go through every crate and, like, look, there's hair in this one. How? And to think of all these different things. I mean, yeah. I guess that's what game creators do, but. But I mean, it's who- also like these are just people writing a story together, isn't it? Right, the collab stories. Compilation stories or something like that? (laughs) Yes, That's like nuts. The level of dedication that you have to write 4,000 levels of essentially a video game. Right. How cool. Okay. Um, So expired almond water looks just like normal almond water, except for it has green, blue, or white mold floating inside the bottle. It smells like rotten milk with a hint of cheese. Gross. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah. It says that it does have certain properties, but there's also good uses for it, but yet it's bad if you drink it, but it doesn't say what the good uses are. But if you do drink it, you may get flu-like symptoms, weakness in the muscles, bones, or cartilage, abdomen, aortic aneurysm, loss of memory, insomnia, and general internal bleeding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That escalated quickly. <laughs> right? So a couple of the entities that are in level one, they lurk especially in dark areas. The known entities include adult facelings, hounds, skin stealers, and there were scratchers, 
but they are now extinct. So what's a faceling? Do we know? A faceling are species of humanoid beings that roam the back rooms. These creatures are remnants of human beings. However, they harbor oh. several unsettling and unorthodox features. Most explorers insist that they will look human enough from far away if certain parts of the body are concealed or if they are oriented in a certain way. Basically, from the images that I saw, their faces are blank. Oh, okay. So they're human, but their face is nothing, just empty, just skin. No eyes, no nose, no mouth, but they have hair and everything else. So it's just a human with a erased face, which is horrifying. And the hounds are humanoid entities with canine attributes. They have unkept black hair on their heads, large mouths filled with sharp teeth. They have long bony limbs, sharp claws, and their eyes are fully white, lacking irises or pupils. And they walk around on all fours like a dog, hence their names. There's uh, some of the more common hostile entities found in many levels of the back rooms, but are less common in the deeper levels. They're extremely dangerous and become agitated when they see someone in a hostile state, but they can be intimidated. Avoid hounds at all costs, even if one is in its neutral state. So then each of these creatures has, I mean, it just keeps going. They each have different states. That they neutral, aggravated. I mean, I don't even remember. I didn't even go into all of that. Again, there's so much. Um, Yeah, this is like a rabbit hole. It is. But it says sometimes throwing things may scare the hounds away. Entity number 10, more commonly known as skin stealers, are large humanoid (laughs) entities that are commonly known to wear the skin of their victims as a disguise which makes them rather difficult to identify. They are commonly observed to have the ability of mimicking human speech, albeit they're not very good at imitating. (laughs) It's highly suggested to run away from any wanderer who seems to be repeating the same words or speaking in a monotone voice. There's a rumor that's been circling around for many years that you're able to identify a skin stealer by the color of its blood. While oh. humans possess red blood, skin stealers possess clear blood. Okay. So, But how can you tell you <laughs> before, cannot, you know? Yeah, when they're close enough, by the time they get close I guess, enough okay. to you. It says that the way to expose them, stabbing, shooting, or by any explosive. <laughs> yeah, but like how, it could also be a person. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> You'll find out once you stab them, for oh, sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're bleeding red. Damn. It was a human. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Whoopsies. My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. Uh, some of these are just crazy. Um, as I mentioned, they do have, like, bases and outposts. There are colonists. There's, like, communities. And there's different... I guess that you'd have to find yeah. community. I'm like... Who chooses to stay there? But sometimes, I guess it's not usually a choice, is it? (laughs) No. Level two is called Pipe Dreams. It consists of long, dim concrete maintenance hallways with steam pipes lining the walls and ceilings. Doors are rarely found. 
They house metal shelves and ventilation ducts. The pipes cause the heat in level two to reach temperatures reporting to be 200 degrees Fahrenheit and higher. God. It can boil any wanderer alive. Right. It's generally described as very decrepit compared to the other levels with cracks in the stone surfaces and pipes being rusted from what appears to be decades of neglect. Well, yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, I mean, no one's going to be able to survive up there to, I mean. No, especially with that heat. It's, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yuck. I don't like this one at all. <laughs> Fall through the floor. Get That's out of right. there. Get out of there. <laughs> Some sections of level two are completely devoid of light, while others are only lit by alternate sources of light, such as flashlights and lamps. A notably musty smell can be found in areas where the pipes exist. And that's due to different species of mold growing on the pipes, walls, and floors. Despite the inherent humidity, water itself is scarce, except for a few small puddles scattered throughout. These puddles should only be used as a source of water when one has no other supply. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be lapping up your floors. Especially since I've never heard about a bathroom so far. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I haven't even... I had not even thought about that. (laughs) Honestly. That's probably what's on level one. Or level (laughs) zero or whatever it is. In the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You definitely don't lap that up. (laughs) No. That mental image, man. (laughs) Summarizing some of these. All right. So entities. Again, we have the facelings, the hounds, the smilers, and the extinct scratchers. Now we know why they're extinct, I guess. (laughs) How can any of them survive up there? I don't understand. So the smilers, I did not do a description of. Shoot. Let me go to that page quick. I can't believe that people have created this entire world. Oh, it's insane. And like I said, if you go, I'll send you these li- the link to this uh, mm-hmm. um, wiki fandom or whatever. And it's uh, insane. You just keep going and going and going. That's wild. I want to see what's on level 999. I'll look. Okay. Why did we skip there? <laughs> right? Uh, entities, the smilers. That's where the 13 ghost is. You don't want to oh. Go. Yeah. The so smiler- I just looked up what they're supposed to be. They look intense. The smilers? Yeah. The, says the also known as the smiling things or the night haunters. Treacherous entities that roam most of the backroom levels. The only distinguishable features that the smilers are their beady eyes and enormous grins carved across their faces. They kind of look like a Cheshire cat. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're on the same page. Yeah. But like, that's what I imagine. It's just the eyes and smile, nothing else. So there was another entity, the clumps. Ew. They are hostile entities which resemble massive clumps of human limbs, which flail about and extend in every direction. They are known to inhabit vents, cabinets, and other tight spaces. They literally, the picture of it is like human arms and legs all put together in a ball. (laughs) That sounds like um, a Brandon Sanderson monster. I don't know if you guys read any of his books, but 
there's this thing in um, Mistborn, it's called like a mist wraith, and it's just supposedly people's like bodies kind of smushed together into these things. Oh, Uh, hell no. I think that's the right word for it. Yeah, definitely. Anyways. (laughs) Let's see here. Levels. What'd you say? 13 is the first one? Yeah, Yeah, because we jumped to that from level zero, and I want to know why. Oh, okay, so it says that level 13 is a seemingly infinite apartment building with an extremely high number of floors. Within each floor, there are many small residences, each with a number on the door. These numbers are in a system where it lists the floors, the section of the floor, and the apartment number. The current design of the building is similar to that of a typical 1980s architecture. The walls in the hallway are white, and the carpet is brown, geometrical designs. This design is is consistent throughout all the floors. So essentially... It's just more hallways, I think. Yeah, I wonder why it's so like creepy. So you can never get off of it. <laughs> well, I know right. I know you picked this one, Jeremy. Nine hundred ninety-nine is a floating tropical island that rests deep within a starry space like void. Yeah, I like it. The I'm gonna say that sounds but, great. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get to it though? Because thirteen is infinite. Oh, that's true. So how do you get off of it? Maybe well, that like, might just be like if you get to level 13, and this is oh, all just yeah, me making it up, but if the, you get like trapped there. You got to find one of those warp floors. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like it's like you go in on level zero, and that's pretty much like game over. This is where you're staying. I'm probably misinterpreting that, but I wonder if that's the case. You can interpret it any way you want, obviously, because that's what they're doing. It's everybody's. <laughs> it's a. I just added to the story. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> that's right. Trademark, trademark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so your 999 is a beach level. I like it. I know. That sounds like the nicest of all of them. Yeah, I want to go there. But it says on the top... It says that it has unchanging landscapes, unchanging structures, and it's just unchanging. But it says the survival difficulty is class final. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) This is your final destination. Normally they'll have like little links. Right. But this one does not have a link to tell you what that means. Another vocab term. But yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's so many... And the stories and everything. But in a nutshell, that kind of wraps up the backrooms theory. And like I said, it was a hard one. Harder than I thought to research because there's so many damn rabbit holes. Right. You're lucky I didn't get lost and I just didn't poof and disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. We'd miss you too much. But also... That is so interesting to me, just the diff- like the lore surrounding it. I'm definitely going to go watch that YouTube channel tonight and just oh, see sure. what all that's about. Because um, also, I just can't get over the fact that it's gotten like, what, over 100 million views since he yeah. started? Yeah. It's got to be creepy. I was like intrigued in, like, I was researching and listening to this guy recap his stories. So it was another YouTuber recapping these, you know, short videos or whatever. I'm like, what happens next? What happens next? You know, (laughs) I was getting sucked into it, too. But I'm like, no, focus, focus. No squirrel moments. (laughs) But I can see Jeremy getting into this with the video games. And you can can literally see the gears turning. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you can make up your what? If, If I can make my own levels. 
You can. All you have to do is go into this uh, wiki fandom and find a level that's empty, and, and if it's make your own level. I like it. Then well, we'll have to do a podcast about <laughs> <yep>. it. <laughs> My experience. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it. Does anybody have any other questions, comments, concerns? I got nothing. I just want to know what Everything. is on the floor <laughs> in level zero, but other than that. I, th- I guess we'll never know what it is. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know if we want to know. It, yeah, no. Yeah, Eesh. it's almost not worth thinking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll, I don't think we have any, do we have any updates or news or anything this week? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, conundrum challenge. We have not had an answer to that one yet, so I'll leave that one out there for one more week. See if we can get somebody that can answer that riddle correctly. And if not, we'll move on to another riddle. But, you know, go out there, see if you can get it, and you can get your shout out on the show. But other than that, we love you. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. Smell you later. Goodbye. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Total Conundrum. Please make sure to check out our website and blog at TotalConundrum.com. For news, upcoming events, merch, bloopers, and additional hysteria, you never know what will pop up, so be sure to follow along. If you want to show your support for Total Conundrum and gain access to all of our bonus content, please visit our Patreon page. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links are available in our show notes. If you have any questions, comments, recommendations, or stories to share, please email us at contact at totalconundrum.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the love. Keep on creeping on, mother cluckers.